0: What the game's all about? All of a sudden, you feel like you can't miss.
1: Somebody just leave it up there.
0: He couldn't make that if you tried that again. Absolutely not.
1: Welcome to Buckets. My name's Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network. I'm joined. On a Friday afternoon by my producer, Dan Titus, who is also excellent. You can catch him. He was with me on Heat Check last week. I'm hoping to get him on Heat Check again next week. I want to do more episodes with Dan because he is absolutely terrific. Um, and he will make time for me, unlike some people I podcast with who are too busy with their family lives to podcast with me during the NBA Finals. Uh, we'll go, those persons will go unnamed. But Dan Titus, how you doing on a
0: Friday? What's up, Matt? Great to talk to you again. Coming off a great night, five and one in our game one best bets, which was great to see. I know you have some victory lapping to uh, to do, so uh, we'll get to that, I'm sure. But um, yeah, man, it was it was a great night for us. If I just trusted in that Boston first half, would have been even more profitable for me. But uh, can't really complain all the while. You know, I think it was a really great game. But man, we got ourselves a series here. So really excited to talk about that and what we can expect in game two. So everyone was in on the Warriors over to action. Everybody was in on Warriors minus
1: three and a half. Like, like so many people were in on Warriors minus three and a half. And I stayed away from it. I went light on Warriors first half. There was something about it. I was worried about a cover and not an outright win from Golden from Boston. I was like, Oh, and what's funny is I actually thought I was like, I think that there's a good chance that the Celtics like storm back late. And all of a sudden you're like, this is a three point game. I didn't expect them to actually not only cover but win outright and win comfortably outright. Uh, So like, I can't take the, the credit on that one, but I did manage to avoid that Warriors minus three and a half shift. We'll get to our best bets for game two. We'll talk props and sides and finals MVP and all that jazz. Let's go ahead and
0: start here. What's your best bet for game two of the NBA Finals? Best bet, Warriors third quarter minus one and a half, and I'll get into the details of why, but to me, that's the only thing that I know that I can trust from the Warriors heading into game two. So
1: I'm taking Warriors on the alt line, minus 9.5, plus 185. It's going to be my best bet. Um, so I think you can take, if you want to be more conservative, which I think is a reasonable thing to do, just take the 4.5. Um, lines are 4.5. Total is two 215.5. Uh, it's a little bit down, actually, from the consensus open of 216, which is Interesting because we've got currently got 59% of the tickets on the over 81% of the money. So the over is getting hammered and we've seen a reverse line movement on the under. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, This line opened three and a half. It moved to four and a half. 68% of the tickets are on the spread for Golden State. 80% of the money. No big surprise here, right? Like game two. On some level, you just got to ask yourself, do you think that the Boston Celtics are so much better that they are going to be up 2-0 on the road no matter how good they've been on the road in the playoffs, they've been excellent, are they going to be up 2-0 in the NBA finals? And I don't think so. I think that there's two things I think that play into this. Once you get that first one and you know you got the split and you know you took home court, that motivational edge is just no longer there. No amount of Ime Udoka tough speeches is going to get them, I think, to play at the level they'll need to to fight what's going to be a desperate Warriors team that knows it's playing for a season. Like This, right. this is a must win. If you go down 0-2, we're done. We're we're done. You're not winning two in Boston. It's gonna be three-one. No matter what has happened in the past, like you without home court, there's no chance of Golden State getting back into it. So they know that they'll play desperate. There are adjustments they can make. The question that's kind of been asked around on the day after has been about the Celtics shooting, right? So the so the Celtics shoot absolutely red hot from three-point range. They go. 21 of 41 for 51.2%. That seems extremely high. What I would say is that this three-point performance was at the higher end of their spectrum, right? I don't think that this was like a totally reasonable performance, 51% from three. They did create... As many, they they had 16 lightly contested threes versus 17 heavily contested threes. So the balance there was very much in the favor of of lightly contested to uncontested. They shot four of eight on uncontested. So this is per second spectrum. You can expect a higher percentage on those. Did they hit a high percentage of contested shots? Sure. This is also what Boston's been doing. This is one of the reasons I took them in the series. Like I got hammered on the favorites because all three of Chad, and Simon and Raybon were like, we just don't see it. What are you talking about with the war? It's the warriors. Come on. We just don't see it. And I was like, look, some of that, and this is irritating to me because I want to be able to give people like concrete. A lot of this is like, look, Boston just kind of does this shit. Like hang around, hang around, weather the third quarter storm hit a bunch of threes, steal the game. Yeah, And that's exactly what they did. And it's not that like, you can predict that to a certain degree. You can predict that, I think, over the course of a series. I figured they would get one of these games. They got one. They got the most important one because they got game one on the road. You know, when Kerr has been so good in that spot. So ultimately, I have a hard time feeling that Boston is going to bring the same energy that Golden State is. Golden State is going to play with desperation. The Celtics will likely shoot worse. You know, if, if they shoot 21 to 42 again, they might win the game. Golden State's going to focus on the 42 part. There's just, I cannot believe. And again, we get into the the question of like, how much do you, how how much do you want to try and get ahead of coach rotations and decisions? I just can't believe that Kerr, given what we've seen, will not be like, all right, look, we got to stop the threes. We just, we can't be so concerned on drives that we're giving up 42 three-pointers. Like that's 41 three-point attempts is such a high mark. 21 is such a high mark for makes, but the 42, 41, three point attempts is crazy. You know, a lot of that came from, from one player that we'll talk about in, in a few minutes. Um, but Derek white was five of eight. That number is probably going to drop a little bit. Marcus smart was four of seven, maybe one worse. That's really all that you're talking about there. And four of seven, like he shoots three of seven and that's in line with his average. We'll talk about Al in a second, Jalen Brown, two of eight, all these kind of things. What's crazy is I also like, I love Jason Tatum over on points for this next game. Um, I think that he's probably going to bounce back and have a very good game, but I think the rest of the Celtics play worse. I think the rest of the Warriors play better and the Warriors wind up covering this. I'm willing to, to, to take the plus 185 on the alternate line because I did, I can see this just kind of be in 12, 13 at the end. It's going to be within that range. I'll definitely reinforce it with a more conservative number of three and a half or four and a half if I can get it. But ultimately I find that the value has to be on golden state. Uh, there's a pushback in terms of, well, the Celtics started switching in the fourth quarter, which they weren't expecting. Right. It's like, well, when they did all these things and it's true, like, if you go back, I I'm doing the film work. If you go back and watch the the first quarter, you literally are just like, what the fuck are you doing? (laughs) Like, are you guys stoned?
0: Um, And then they got it right. Coverage on the best shooter ever.
1: Yeah. Not just drop coverage. Like there was a possession where Tatum was guarding Curry coming up the floor and smarts got the wing and Tatum leaves Curry to go guard Draymond Green on the wing, thinking that Marcus Smart's going to leave, uh, leave Clay Thompson wide open to go cover Steph, when Marcus is like, you were right there. Right. You know. And Al Horford's backing up to the rim. So there was all these types of mistakes that they made. They'll be better at those kind of things um, in, in, going forward, as they were the rest of the game. But the other thing I think to be said is, it was a really smart strategy by Boston to basically be like, hey, 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 here's drop, here's drop, here's drop. Boom. Like we're going to ratchet up the intensity. We're going to hit a bunch of threes right. and steal this. The problem is just like, okay, now you're on film. And now Golden State's going to be died. Like that's what they're going to be doing for the next two days is figuring out how do we fix our offense in that fourth quarter? The defensive stuff is pretty simply like, Hey, maybe don't take three steps over to help on when you're on the weak side.
0: Cause all Boston wants to do is reverse the ball. And that's the um, biggest question was like, it was very glaring in the fourth quarter, how bad the defensive rotations were yeah. for the Warriors. Yeah. And like, I think Matt Michael Gallagher had us had like this four way screenshot of Al Horford's threes where they were wide open. So I was going to go back to what you said, like there's a nice balance between the contested and the uncontested three pointers. But I feel like a lot of those uncontested came within that final fourth quarter, because it seemed like Derek white just had open looks on those reversals. Al Horford had mm-hmm. plenty of good looks. Um, Even Peyton Pritchard, was yep. passed up a couple of times where he had a wide open look. It just seemed like the rotations and the communication on the Warriors side was just non-existent. It just fell apart, you know, and even on offense, it was like, no one wanted to shoot the ball. You know, they were making the extra passes, but everyone kept on pump faking, passing, pump faking passing. And I couldn't help but think. And one of the questions I wanted to ask you beyond that was what adjustments is Steve Kerr going to make late game? Because there were no shooters on that court. Yeah. Like you got Draymond Green just sitting there like, Oh my God, what am I going to do with it? Almost a, a la Ben Simmons, like, uh, I'm passing it off. They got to get shooters out there. So does that mean more Otto Porter? Yeah. Gavon Looney. What does that look like? I think Porter's
1: going to play a big role in the series. I'm going to be on his overs in this game. Um, I think he's going to probably be a, a very good answer. What's ironic and like, look, this is not a great matchup for Draymond. I wrote about this before the series. It's not, it's not. like he's so impactful and he's so good, but he doesn't have anything to do here. Right. Like, he can guard Tatum, and Tatum will try and go at him a few times. Like, Tatum was trying to, Tatum got the switch on Draymond in the first quarter. And it's like, why? Like, just, let, just take Draymond to the edge and let him be over there and, and remove him. And it didn't work. Like, Tatum, but then part of this also is that the, the, the difference between the Celtics and the Warriors is that the Celtics do have guys that can just rise up and hit those shots. And if Clay is not, the Warriors, and if Poole is not, the Warriors really don't. And you say, like, well, about Steph Curry. I want to be very clear on this. I need to make this point. There was an article this morning um, from SB Nation. It was was from the Golden State blog, Golden State of Mind. And it was like Warriors Waste, incredible game one from Steph Curry. Okay, Steph Curry hit six threes in the first quarter. He hit one three in the final three quarters of the game. Steph Curry was five of 16 for 13 points with three assists and two turnovers in quarters two through four. When they stopped playing dumb, the defense on Steph worked. And like, that's what's kind of ironic about this is like both teams, I think are trying to take away the head of the snake. And Boston's approach was really good after the first quarter. And Golden State's approach was terrible because it meant they overcommitted to the paint, which is how you get those reversals. Like the easy adjustment here is like, I just saw there was a bunch of possessions where it was like Jordan Poole and, and sometimes it was Draymond and all these guys. Helping down unnecessarily like they're not helping on drives. They're not really doing anything. Jordan Poole was just like letting people waltz into
0: the yeah. lane. Yeah, it was bad.
1: And, and and that's how they now I'll say this with Horford. That was definitely uh prove it. Show us you did this versus these other teams. This is the NBA finals. Old man. Show us now. Horford's like bet. Okay. Yep. Flexing on him. Flexing. That's absolutely what happened. So um let's I, we, again we go, We'll come back to Al in the, in the finals MVP discussion. Sure. Um total here, I think, is really interesting, right? So game one closes at 214. I took the over coasted. It's 216. It goes down to 215 and a half. I understand why the sharps are going in on the on the under. That makes sense to me, right? You think like, oh, both defenses are going to tighten up. I, I still look at this game and I and I think that. It's going to be fast pace. I think one team is going to put up a monster number. I think if you, if you are worried about a team that offensively, it's going to have to be Boston regressing uh, pace was not astronomical. It was only ninety three point five in game, in game one, but they there's a difference between pace and tempo. The tempo was very fast. Let's get into our sets. Let's make sure that we're running stuff. And I think you'll continue to see that as the series goes on, or at least until it gets late and everybody's exhausted. So, I still kind of lean towards the over. I may just take Golden State's over here, but I also don't want to go so far in that it's like, I'm taking, you know, Brandon will do this, where it's like, I'm taking Golden State, and Golden State's over, and Golden State's team total over, and all these type of things. Okay. It's like, if I think that, 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 if I think the Warriors are putting up a big number, why don't I just, you know, bet on the Warriors, which I am. Um, I do think if you want a nice way to hedge against the fears, I think your fear, like, if you're concerned of just like, what if Boston just shoots the lights out again, then you just need to take the over again because I can't see Golden State being, um, they were still pretty good offensively in this game. Like they really were like Golden State put up a 115 offensive rating. That's really good. Boston put up a 129.
0: That's crazy efficiency. But this number also cruised over that total, you know? I think you're, you're tracking the right direction. Like I I get the sense that Starks are expecting the Warriors to be way more competitive on the defensive end. Um, but I think that this is also going to be still a track meet. So my lean is still to the over. It only moved, what, a couple points from yesterday. Not a huge margin. Not enough that I think that the Warriors will shoot better. At least their role players will shoot better. Um, And then you figure, I got to expect Jason Tatum to go off. He had a horrible shooting game. Probably one of the worst of his postseason career. He's going to regress back to the mean here a little bit. And then I think you can get a combination of maybe those role players you know, Marcus Smart didn't didn't play a lot of minutes. I think that was primarily because Derek White played so well in the fourth quarter. He just couldn't take him out. I don't think he got in until crunch time. I think we'll see more of Marcus Smart. I, I like his overs. He cruised through that over 24 and a half PRA. So I think he'll be pretty active. But um yeah, I think that the Boston Celtics just have a really well balanced roster that I don't see them really the the Warriors slowing them down, especially even if they can get out there and potentially close out a little bit better um, than they did in the past. I don't know, man. This Warriors team was just looking kind of old yesterday. And I think that this youth movement is for real for the Boston Celtics. I don't think they're going to struggle to score against this team.
1: In the NBA Finals, at home as a favorite after a loss in any game in the series, the Steve Kerr, Golden State Warriors are 0-3 against the spread. That's that's not a good number. That's not a, good, a number that you want to feel good about. In the playoffs overall, they are just 6-7. and seven, So there are all these kind of trends. It's one of the reasons... you know. <laughs> I looked at like, how does Steve Kerr teams do in the first half of game ones in the finals? And he was actually like sub 500. And I found that number after I'd already bet Golden State first half and was like, oh, no. Um, so I, I just I still can't get to the point of being like, yeah, Golden, you know, Boston can definitely go in there and go up 2-0. I I'm not going to hammer Golden State. But I just have to bet Warriors here. This is a a less than a two possession gap. And I feel like there's a a good reason here uh, to back Golden State to have a bounce back performance, even if it's just an effort play and then load up on Boston in game three, which another interesting kind of spot, I think. Now on the Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there. I use it for mine. It's a game-changing product unlike anything else in the industry. And now, you can win on Sleeper by playing their new Over Under game. It's super simple. First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like and pick their over or under. For example, number of points in basketball or hits in baseball, then choose the amount of money you want to enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two to over 20 times the money you put in. The main reason I'm excited about over under on sleeper is that the only app where I can join my buddies contest and play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my friend's picks with a tap of a button. It's insanely fun to write it out together. So stop what you're doing and download Sleeper now to play their new over-under game. Have fun with your friends and make some money. Make sure to use promo code BUCKETS and Sleeper will match your deposit up to $100. Again, download Sleeper and use promo code BUCKETS when you deposit. Term and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Okay, back to the show. You as host of our fantasy shows, I I sure have good props for us. What are your prop plays for game two?
0: Yeah, so I know you were talking about being on Tatum overs and over points specifically, but I'm going to go over five and a half assists here. And, you know, I was doing some more digging just to see how real this was. Then I I know I talked about it on the the Action Network podcast with you a couple of days ago. I I mentioned sprinkling something on him to be the assist leader in this series. And I I should have, I didn't do it. And um, I'm just really encouraged, man. His potential assist, 12.3 for the postseason. He's right behind Marcus Smart there. But he had 19 in game one. Now, granted, you know, they were sending everything they could to stop him and it worked. But if Marcus Smart isn't going to be on the court, he is going to be the primary playmaker. And I was reading a really interesting article about the evolution or maturation of his playmaking ability. And, you know, his hockey assists have gone up each of the last three seasons. So this is a guy that was previously labeled as very selfish, wanting to only go ISO. I think he's now letting the defenses come to him and dictate what he's going to do. He's been over five and a half assists in two of three games versus the Dubs this year. I think that there's a lot of opportunity for for Jason Tatum here. Five and a half assists, that still seems too low considering how much the ball is going to be in his hands. And much of the argument that I made for Marcus Smart leading the, the series in assists, I think just as well could be said for Jason Tatum, especially how well he played in game one coming off of a uh, finals record debut of 13 dimes. Just, just a remarkable performance for someone that shot so poorly.
1: Okay, so let's ask, uh, let, let's start here, because I, I, I want to challenge you on this a little bit. Um, do you think that Golden State will do a better job? Now, this is a, like this does present an interesting question from a betting perspective. Yeah. Do you want to bet on what happened continuing, or do you want to try and get ahead of the adjustment? And we've kind of warned against getting ahead of the adjustment, right? Yeah. Which would lean towards your play of taking the over. I'm not going to bet the under on that for that reason, is that I don't want to be like, I think they will do better at X. Therefore, and it's like, nope, they still didn't fix it. And now it's game three. And okay, now they fixed it, you know, whatever. Um, But I will put these numbers out towards you. He had 14, Tatum had 14 kickouts in game one, Uh, eight of them led to shots, six of them were converted for assists. (laughs) So. On eight opportunities where his pass led to a shot opportunity, they made six of them. That's pretty good efficiency considering. Yeah, I'd say so. The dynamics involved. Um, you know, he had two interior passes uh, that both led to led to uh, shots. Converted one of them, and then really like that made up the majority of it, which is like totally normal. He had two skip passes and um, and those kind of things. So when we look at passes leading to shots. It really was like the question that you have to I do think you have to answer with Tatum is, do you think that, that the Warriors are going to let them shoot as many threes? Because if you think that, I think you also kind of start. you have to start looking at either a Celtics team total over three point props for the rest of the Celtics or taking the Celtics on the money line,
0: given the value on the number. To be honest, I was actually looking towards just to fade the public at this point with so much heavy emphasis you know whether it be the public betting or the sharps both of them being on the Warriors so heavy something was telling me yesterday to take the Boston Celtics and I didn't do it I'm intrigued by the four points I don't think that they're going to win outright but I, I think that four points I think this is a this is a pick'em series and these two teams are so close together I don't know that you can give the Boston Celtics four points I haven't bet it yet but it's definitely on my mind so um while I do think that Jason Tatum is going to have a good game and he may not get as many kickout opportunities, he's going to be the main attraction in terms of the defensive focus for the Warriors. Them stopping him, I mean, let, let's be honest here. If that fourth quarter didn't happen, it would have been, wow, how great was this Warriors defense? Yeah, They held Jason Tatum to only, you know, 12 points. It was the Warriors game until it wasn't. And really, I mean, another thing I wanted to talk about was Steph Curry sitting in the beginning of the fourth quarter. The Celtics went on a 7 0 run and they didn't look back. So, what's going to happen in those non Curry minutes um, is one of the things I want to see about in, in game two. But their focus is still going to be on Tatum and he'll have plenty of opportunities to still get those, you know, driving kick or ball reversals. Or maybe it's a, you know, it's a fast break where I, I know he had a couple of dimes to Jalen Brown in transition. Uh, five and a half seems too low to me. And um, he's averaging over six for the, the last 10 games. So whether he's getting buckets or not, you know, I could be, maybe I need to look into his points and assists too, you know, so that way you can kind of hedge it. If he has more of an explosive points game and maybe not as much in, on the assist side, you can still get to that number, but um, yeah, definitely on Jason Tatum in, in some form or fashion here, whether it be points and or assists.
1: So points and assists is 33 and a half minus 108 to FanDuel. So if we, if we ballpark him at seven assists, right, that's a good, strong number. I think that's in range with his playoff average. Um, then he's going to need 27, which is his, his points prop is 27 and a half.
0: That's within range. I mean, we're yeah. talking about a bounce back game, right? Um, yeah. he, shot, he shot pretty bad. I think he's going to make those adjustments. And I don't know. We'll get to MVP talk later. But I mean, I think this is the perfect buy low opportunity for, for Jason Tatum. Uh, meanwhile, I think an interesting
1: question here is you mentioned the Steph Curry stuff. So here we have two competing theories. We have the adjustments that they made in the second through fourth quarter where they managed to keep Steph on five of 16 and really bottled him up in the fourth quarter and really didn't let him get a shot off the switching, which they will get more accustomed to to deter him. He had a big first quarter. He had a big game overall because of that first quarter. Can you follow it up with the consecutive ones? Are they going to have more breakdowns? Probably not. On the other hand, the big conversation piece after the game from Curry standpoint was basically playing more minutes was that the rotations are going to have to change to where that he's going to play more minutes. So you have to balance those two things out to try and find an estimation. Like you mentioned that Curry's rotations in game one, I have them here. Uh, Curry played all of the first quarter until like the last like 30 seconds. Uh, Then he sits through the six minute Mark. He plays two, three, four, five, six. He plays from the seven minute mark to the one minute mark. And then he sits out uh, for like the last 30 seconds or whatever. He plays all but the final minute of the third quarter. He sits in that fourth quarter. That's where they go on the run. He comes back in and he plays until it's garbage time. Right. So part of this, I will say is like, all right, if we look at the garbage time, like that minute, okay, let's take ahead and add that minute on there. Now Curry's at 39 uh, minutes and 15 seconds. So they need to find basically the idea is going to be, can they find another three minutes for him? And where does that, that come from? Does that mean? And what it probably means is I would say that he will keep the same first quarter rotation where he leaves in the final minute and then just probably comes back at the nine minute mark. And you're talking about like 19 minutes first half. And then, you know, what, 22 to 23 second half, which is tough because now you're talking about basically all of the third quarter and then coming back in at like the 10 minute mark. Of the fourth and playing through. Uh, I still think this is a lot of minutes for him. I still think that's like a tough thing and there'll be a little bit of tension, but that's probably gonna be the adjustment. The question is: does an increased workload equal increased production after a really strong game one? Uh Curry's points prop in game two, 28 and a half, the highest on the board, minus 116, juice to the over. His assists are five and a half minus 112 just to over. So I have a hard time honestly based off of where these numbers are at. Like, do I see like a do I see like a 28 and five game? Yeah. That puts us under just barely. I was ready to pound Steph Curry overs in game two based off of the minutes load, but does three more minutes honestly get him enough production? when the the Celtics did a great job after basically just playing stupid that first
0: quarter? I think so. I'm on Steph Curry rebounds and assists. He it. just shy of, of 10 and a half in game one at 10. In the playoffs, he's gone over in 60% of his home games. Nine potential assists, 12 rebound chances in game one. And as you said, that built-in three minutes is going to be crucial for his performance because in three games in the regular season, granted, it's the regular season, when he got more than 39 minutes, that rebounds and assists average went up to 14. So that's a significant jump just in those three minutes of how much more he could be productive. And if it's not in the scoring, I'm expecting the, the Boston Suns to, to play him similar to the way that they did in the fourth. He's going to need people to make shots. And that's where they're going to be the differences. If you're on Warriors, you're banking on those role players actually making some shots and not being solely dependent on Steph Curry here. If Curry's playing more minutes, he's going to have the ball in his hands more. Great more opportunities for those players like Andrew Wiggins who had a decent game, 20 points, but Clay Thompson going to have to get going and we're going to see more of Otto Porter. I like him if he can get in that, you know, ball reversal three pointer opportunity. Um, but, you know, and maybe even Draymond, you know, Draymond's going to be left wide open. So he's going to have to take some shots. Maybe he pump fakes, hits the floater. Yeah. I think Curry 10 and a half rebounds and assists is the way to go with Steph Curry in game too.
1: I love it. I like it. Even at minus minus one twenty five, I like this. I'm with you on that. Let's do that. Instead of getting involved with the points think that is a great play on that one uh i will also be on points rebounds for andrew wiggins again i'm gonna be basically hitting this every single game hammering hammer hitting it <laughs> yeah there's one guy that's gonna take advantage it's gonna be wiggins like that's he's the guy that's gonna take advantage of these schemes if they have to go smaller which tice wasn't good he had one three and still was a minus so tice is probably out of the rotation grant williams honestly got cooked on a few possessions during switch he's probably gonna be out of the rotation even with Robert Williams in what that means is that there's more chances for three pointers for Wiggins. If Williams is out, there's more chances for cuts. Wiggins is the guy that hurts either one. So, um, I am on the over on that one as well. Now, let's talk about finals MVP because, um, I'm not going victory lap. You're wrong on that. I'm not going to victory lap. We're we're one game in.
0: I'm just However, curious, is, is this
1: a cash out opportunity for you, or are you riding this to the bank? I can't get a cash out. Otherwise, I'd be definitely looking at it right now. They are n- neither neither of the books. None of the books of the three books I voted, bet it at Al Horford for Finals MVP are currently allowing me a cash out option. Bastards. Horford was 100 to one or better. 120 at some books. I got at 100 to one uh, to win Finals MVP. Bet at three books, I bet Tatum as well, gave that out on the podcast. And now as we sit here on a Friday, he is 14 to one at FanDuel. that he has moved all the way from 100 to 14 as he scores 26 points in game one. Look, it may be just optimism on my part, you know, wishful thinking. I will say these are quality shots that Horford has hit all throughout the postseason. If you're the if you're the Warriors on some level, you got to be like, hmm, like I got to give up something. So let me give up this. Like, I'm like, if we get beat by Al Horford, we get beat by Al Horford. And again, like Al Horford's gonna be like, I will absolutely shoot and I will absolutely score. I was listening to Warriors plus minus from The Athletic, and they were talking about the possibility of putting a small on him, which is an interesting idea, right? Because Horford's no longer like as he's he's up, he's no spring chicken. So they're not gonna be running post-ups for Al Horford against Clay Thompson or Jordan Poole or whoever. But what I will say is if you do that, Horford will get to the floater and he'll just take two further steps in instead of a 12 foot floater. Horford will go to an eight foot floater and that's easier for him to hit. So uh, there are counters that they'll run a little bit. If you try and go small versus him, Um, I think it's an interesting battle and we're gonna have to see how game two goes before I kind of make this assessment. I have wondered if the move for Steve Kerr is going to be going bigger and not smaller. Everyone kind of assumes the Warriors will get smaller. Interesting. I, I don't know that that's going to work based off of the personnel. What does their bigger business. look like, though? Their bigger is probably, it, it's Looney, who actually I thought played really well uh, in game one. It's probably a lot of like, it's Looney Porter. It's Looney Draymond Porter. I think Porter plays a big Looney, role. Draymond Porter, yeah. Good yeah, player. I'm going to be looking for those types of opportunities too, to bet like uh, I'm going to look at, in game two, um, and see if the props come up for, uh, auto Porter threes. That's a, a that is one that I absolutely want to look at for game two. If it wasn't up in game one. We'll see if they post it, if I can get a Porter over prop. Cause I think that's a pretty reasonable counter. Um, so there's all these kind of adjustments made, but I will just say like, look, uh, Tatum is still a plus number. So if you want to get Tatum with the Celtics up one, Oh, there's value there. Uh, it will not surprise absolutely no one to learn that after I bet the Celtics minus one and a half plus two hundred I bet the warriors minus one and a half plus four forty there 's value there now after there 's value you got to you have there's to. value I got a good number um, and we'll, and i 'll figure out which side I want to be on for game seven or game six to ensure i don 't get screwed in a, in a game seven scenario. Um, I think Horford is still very live i don 't like Marcus Smart as much as I thought I would. I was actually kind of like one, cause that was kind of the dividing line between me and Brandon is Brandon like smart. Yeah. And I liked, I liked Horford.
0: Smart had a good game. His have got shorter though. I mean, yep. 500 down to 18. I mean, yep. that's definitely some good progress. I think the key here is, is going to be if
1: Tatum puts up big numbers, but they lose. I actually want to look at the, at the history of the award and how that has factored in. Cause if Tatum just like, if Horford has bad losing games and great winning games, does that carry over when they look at the about at the stats and just go, okay, yeah, but in the series, Tatum's averaging 25 and Horford's averaging 20 because he had 16 in the losses and 26 in the wins or whatever. So those kind of things factor in. I don't have a great Warriors finals MVP pick right now. The only one I can really look at is just be like, look, Klay Thompson had a miserable game. And if you want to buy low, Thompson Thompson's probably the guy to buy low on.
0: You don't think that Steph is a buy low at plus odds now? I'm still not there. Forty five. Look, I'm going I'm to go. You to a great, great piece on why not to bet Steph. But, like, at this point, the man gives you 30 breaking records. You're a narrative guy. How, if, you, if the Warriors, as a hedge, because you, you picked the Celtics and the, you know, Celtics for the yep. series, right? Yeah. That seems like a great hedge at, at plus money to me right now. Only now. Unless they go down o two, 2 In which case, I'm like, I'm going to the bank. I'm throwing it all on, on Curry at that point, but plus money and you're not going to bet Steph. Ooh, I feel better about that now than I do clay at four, even 14 to one, 18 to one. Steph hit six threes
1: and they lost. And he hit six threes in a quarter and they lost. And after that quarter, when I go back and I watch the film, it's like, Oh, this is much more of what I expected. Like, yeah. yeah, I don't think they did it on purpose. I think they were just miscommunicated. And like I said, it takes a lot to, to figure out the warriors. Like it's just, tough right. to understand them. Um, but once they settle down, this is a bad matchup for him. I don't expect Steph to get, I don't expect Steph to get better because Steph needs you to have, for Steph to have monster games, you have to have defensive breakdowns. That's how he had the monster first quarter. The rest of the game, the Celtics did not have defensive breakdowns on Steph. They had other ones in the third and he winds up going five of 16. Like what? On some level, I can't, I did not see enough from from game one to be like oh they've got all these counters built in to get stuff going he's gonna win it Like, don't be me wrong i was sick after your that first quarter. your only counter is hey let's give him three more minutes yeah yeah like after that first quarter don't be wrong i was sick i was like oh god why did i say that stuff <laughs> oh god oh god he's gonna break the finals record for threes in a game oh god and but you know thankfully it worked out the way that it did for a number of reasons um yeah. Look, if you ask me right now, if you're somebody that's just like, look, Matt, you get two in the weeds and you overthink things. You're absolutely right. That's my brand. Overthinking things is my brand. And if you're just like, I have to bet one warrior to win. Steph is like it's a plus number. It's better than betting the series. Great. I look at it and I go, what does a Warriors win in games? Two, three, five, six and or seven look like. And my answer is, it's Clay Thompson who had great looks in Game he One. Did he, he had great looks, and he's not that guy anymore. Three to one now for Clay. I mean, I hear you. He's not that guy anymore, but he's not that guy so much that there's not more value on that. I, I'm I'm just kind of willing to go down now again. I bet I did bet the Warriors minus one and a half. So it's like, and I'll look to find other opportunities because that's how I do this. But I still, I still can't get there on Stephs. If you ask me, is there value? I will say objectively. Yes. Contextually. No is my answer for that. So, all right. Uh, so we've got best bets for game two. Dan is not
0: look. If you think that the Celtics are going to cut, just take the four and a half. Give it out. Ah. Uh, uh. I'm going I'm to stick to the Warriors third quarter minus one and a half. That has yet to fail me except for game five against the Dallas Mavericks. But still, I really like the the, uh, the Warriors at minus one and a half third quarter. But uh, don't be surprised. Check out the Action Network app. I probably will go on the Boston Celtics 2 plus 4. You can find Dan in the Action
1: Network app, the award-winning Action Network app, the best way for you to track your picks. We'll be back uh, on Monday with another edition of Buckets to get you set for game three of the NBA Finals. Have a great weekend, everybody. See you again next time. Let's get buckets.